I'd like to welcome you guys to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Knight. Here we will discuss competition hunts, pleasure hunts, and anything else dealing with the hunting dog. It is our sole purpose to bring awareness to preserve the sport of hunting with dogs. Without further ado, let's collar our dogs and send them on through the country. Today's word comes from 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supplies, a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar, check out Timber Creek at TimberCreekSupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7410. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store. We'd like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you. Hey guys, we'd like to thank Precision Aluminum Fabrication for their support in sponsoring the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana. You can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. They specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes, aluminum water tanks, aluminum toolboxes, all built to the customer's request. They guarantee the best price on the market without giving up top quality work. If you're in the market for a new dog box, give them a shout. Leave them a message on Facebook or precisiondogbox.com. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Man, what's going on? Wow, well, I just heading home from work. What are you doing? Uh, same thing, same thing. I pulled into this uh, Ross Barnett Reservoir right here by my house and yeah. uh, where they do them fishing tournaments. You may have done fish this darn thing much as you fish, but... Uh, I never fished it, but I know they have a lot of big tournaments around there. That's right. I pulled in right where they where they weigh in. It's got that little chute that you put the fish back in. Anyway, that's on the way home from my house. So <laughs> I pulled in here and just was go get on the phone with you for a minute, see what you had going on. I guess what I was getting at is so that's what you do, you know, your, that's your full time, your Monday, 8 to 5, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, it works out good for me. I'm, I'm actually a 1099 contractor, so I, you know, if I want to take off and go fishing or hunting or whatever, you know, I, I can do that. I don't really work a set amount of hours, but uh, so it, it's pretty good about that as far as film a hunt or fish, you know, when, whenever you want to. I know, that's right. I'm, I'm in sales, so like I said, I got to, you know, I got to do my stuff. But for the most part, I can, you know, I could throw a dog in my truck and in between sales calls, throw it out somewhere on some state land or something and, and then go get it and then get, put it back in the truck and carry on. So it, it, it has its perks for sure. Absolutely. So uh, I guess, man, all we go do is just talk and shoot the junk a minute. I've been wanting to get you on here and uh, and just talk dogs. I know that, man, for a while, dude, you was uh, you was blowing and going. You you know, I guess you know I'm 43, so I guess as long as I remember, you've been <laughs> you've been competition hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I was very fortunate to do pretty good there for the, the years. I did hunt a lot. Um, now I've kind of kind of took over the fishing side. I've always wanted to try to go big and fishing and uh, go try it. So we'll, we'll see. Well, you seem to be doing good, and we'll we'll touch on that in a little while. I wanted to kind of kind of see where you got your and and how you got your start in in the squirrel dogs and stuff, and we'll shoot the junk about them for a minute, and then uh you know go from there. You know, give us your name and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got your start. I my name's Isaac Phoebe House. I I actually started with a beagle that <laughs> that I bought on a it's a local sales network it's a little thing around middle tennessee where you can get on there and you know buy just about anything kind of like a facebook marketplace now but before this all was around was that on the and radio I, no it, it okay. was actually on on the internet it's just like a little local sales group okay uh, and i actually bought a vehicle i believe it's for 50 dollars. <laughs> it it I, I enjoyed rabbit hunting a little bit but i never really got into it and during this time my grandpa started taking me coon hunting and he always had some pretty good dogs around. And, I, I mean, the first time I went, you know, I was hooked. I, I wanted to go any and every time I could. And actually traded that beagle to a, a walker and uh, didn't have no papers, nothing like that. But uh, he actually turned out to be a pretty nice little squirrel dog, not nothing, you know, special or competition. But, he, you know, he would tree a few squirrels. And uh, so that's kind of, you know, I coon hunted a lot with my grandpa over the years, and he took me and, any, any chance he got and uh but as i started squirrel hunting him i thought you know man i like this uh, so I, I started off with a dog his name was samson you, you probably remember him i do and, uh, i think we gave like 150 dollars for him as a puppy me and my dad started hunting him together and to be honest with you the dog taught us more than we taught it is that uh, gonna be the same dog now samson the one i remember is he was he the brennell dog with the, like the chrome collar on yep. it did Mr. Yeah, Larry Wagner up. get him at one time? He did. After yep. I, I want to say that uh, Donnie might have sold him to Larry. That's or right. I, I don't know. If Mr. Larry lives down the road from me. That's why. That's how I know. That's how I know him. Uh, but yeah, so I got to see him firsthand. That's right. But uh, anyway, sorry about that, brother. Oh, you're good. But no, we uh, we started with him, and like I said, neither one of us knew anything really about a squirrel dog. Uh, we just got lucky with him. I mean, he was just kind of a natural, and he, he really taught us way more than we taught him. And, of course, I live right here in Jamestown. You know, where I, I live 10 minutes from the OMCBA clubhouse. And, you know, my dad had been telling me about it a long time, so we decided to go out and try it one day. And uh, I had a, a cousin that's always competition hunting coon dogs and stuff, and I said, well, we'll get him to handle it. You know, we'll just – We'll go along. So we went out there, and the, the man we drew, he was very stickler with the rules. I mean, if the dog <laughs> even put even put his nose on the ground, you know, for just a spin, he might. But he would do the same way with his. I mean, he'd done it fair the whole cast. And me and my dad thinking, man, you know, you got to have a, a super dog to compete in these things. <laughs> That's funny, son. That is funny. <laughs> but long story short, it you know, it just happened to be how – you know, drawing that guy the first day, it wasn't like that with everybody. And uh, that, that's kind of how I got started after that hunt. Even even drawing somebody that was like that, I still loved it. And I just, uh, I started with him. Uh, me and me and Donnie Gill ended up part, no, he, I, I, we won some hunts with him here and there and done pretty good. And Donnie Gill, and, uh, probably when Samson was four or five, this is when Donnie Gill started getting into it, and he had contacted me looking for a dog. 
and I didn't really have no intention on selling him. You know, I was kind of halfway attached to him, which I try not to get attached to one. But I ended up selling to Donnie, and uh, long, you know, long story short, me and Donnie ended up becoming really good friends, and uh, I we found Buster, which I'm sure you know Buster well. Uh, yeah, Buster come. He, <laughs> Mark had him, or you know, and Mark don't live 35 minutes from me, so. Right, then I, I took the money that I got from Samson, which wouldn't be nothing now, but was decent money then, and uh, I took that and paid for half of Buster, and, you know, me and, me and Donnie uh, split him, and he was my first, I would say, true competition dog. I mean, he was, he showed me what a what a winner was. Uh, his drive, his tree power, I mean, he didn't, he had a typical 20-20 mouth. Um, right. But other, you know, he was my first true, I would say, go uh and he really, really, really opened my eyes there, and uh, ended up, ended up buying him back out a year or two down the road, and won, won a few world hunts with him. Got I don't know how many reserves. Um, I think three or four reserves. I mean, it just seemed like he could get in the final cast about about every hunt you went to during during this time, and seemed like he just never could pull out a win. I, I don't know what it was, but he he would always get you there. Right. And uh, we. We had a really good run together, and uh, Mark Morrison ended up buying him for me from me. And I didn't want to sell the dog at all, but for the that that time, he gave what I considered really big money for a dog, and for a kid that was probably 13, 14 years old time, you know, I I, I can't turn this down. <laughs> so I, I let him go, and uh, this is when I I ended up me and Brian Looney partnered and bought Festus, and I took most of the money that I have from buster and bought half a festus and we we kept him for several years and done done really well with him and so you and loon and brian looney you said had festus to start with yep yep me and brian bought festus together right. and uh we we done really well with him for i don't know how long we came sure probably a year and a half uh actually my dad took him to a world hunt i was we was in a semi-finals or state semifinals pretty much before you get to the state game of basketball it was on a saturday and he took him to the claude thomas world which was just about an hour from my house at the time of course i was tore up you know because i couldn't be there but he took him and won the world squirrel hunt world coon hunt world combination and won the tree contest <laughs> yeah that's I, about I was, right. I was tickled to death he won it but i was tore up not being there you know <laughs> that's right 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 but that, that's kind of how I got started. You know, I know I went on more in detail with it, but that was kind of my start. So. No, that's what we're, that's what we want to do. We want to hear how you, you know, how, how it started and stuff. So when you got that, so after Festus, what did you, what did you, uh, you know, when you, y'all sold, so y'all sold Festus to who? We sold Festus. Me and Brian kept him for, I'd say, a year, year and a half, and we sold him to Tim Willis and Greg Maynard. That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. And it, it, again, it's one of them situations where you just—it's a lot of money, man. Out. You know, it is. Yeah, and and, and we pay. A, I mean, honestly, dude, we pay a lot of money for these dogs. That, you know, if you didn't do this and didn't know, you know, that's like my mom and my, you know, my my father-in-law and stuff. You know, they—I love them to death. But you know, they ask me, you know, what'd you get for that dog? And I just look at them and they was like, no, tell me. And I'll tell them. They like, are you crazy? I'm like, well, you know, what'd you get for that? <laughs> you know 59 55 chevrolet you know antique car or that you know that camaro that you drive you know what i mean it's just we got these uh you know 
different hobbies, I reckon. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's one of those deals, really, where you don't even want to tell somebody unless they ask because they're thinking for a dog. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's... Well, it's, I mean... Uh, you're exactly right and then like you know i know i'm ch- you know getting off subject here a little bit but you know my in-laws do very well they raise those doodles you know they're retired and stuff and uh i mean a dog that uh, i mean i have two of them my wife loves and I, and I love these little dogs but we got some doodle sheep doodles and labradoodles i mean these folks paying thirty five hundred dollars a puppy you know oh yeah six yeah. weeks old you know i'm like you know I've paid that for squirrel dog, you know, less than that, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, an old squirrel dog, you know, and something that's going that you can use. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it might, it might be winning you a little money back. The noodles don't make you money. No, they sure don't. Freedom, I guess. Yeah. I've got one myself for my wife. And yeah. I, she's all right. She's just not my, not my kind of dog. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and look, ours, Finley Lindsay's sheep doodle she's a big old 70-pound dog that thinks she's, 10 pounds and i mean that heifer will if you walk her through the woods she will flat tree every squirrel in the woods now you got to walk her by them you ain't gonna hunt her but you know what i mean that but again like i said i know we off topic but it's just what people you know some people say that's crazy it's money to spend but on the other side i mean you know i'm i I, you know i still you know when i duck hunt it i mean heck i bought my son a two thousand dollar shotgun the other day to you know shoot clays with you know, he's 13 so i mean right but anyway what uh <laughs> what did uh so yeah you know i remember tim and, and greg had festus and they pushed him good uh what'd you get after festus oh what did i get after this okay yeah i don't you remember ruckus that, that yep. greg and them had uh-huh I, I worked out a little trade on them between uh no no i lied that was that was gator what did i get after festus I now for everybody, yeah, for for everybody listening, Gator is G-Man, correct? He's G-Man now, yes. Yep. So, you know, I'm I had G-Man for a, for a while at my house, uh, and you know him just like I do, dude. That thing will get under a squirrel, and, and I, you know, he is. I'll just be honest. He is the most accurate on with a gun squirrel dog that you could competition hunt that I've been with. I mean, I just I liked him that much. He just. I don't know. A buddy of mine owns him. Old Clint Mavis owns him here in Mississippi now, and I mean, you couldn't, your money couldn't buy him. You know, he don't need the money, and that's <laughs> he. Clint's got plenty of money, and he, don't, you know, he, just money couldn't buy him. But I, I mean, I like the little old dog. He's a squirrel treer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really liked him. He, uh, I can't remember if he come right after Festus or Bandit. Man, I've been through so, so many. I can't, I can't for sure remember. But back, back to G man. Then, you know, I called him Gator, and he, I will say he probably, he wasn't my favorite I've ever had, but he just seemed to have that knack to win. Um, I don't remember how many That's straight right, he did. He could, he, you know, he, yeah, well, I mean, and you probably put a pile of those wins on him, but he's doggone, I don't think he needs but a first place to be in the NSD Hall of Fame. And Clint asked me to take him, and he was like, Man, take him and put that win on him, you know, because and he deserves it. And I still, I mean, he's eight years old now, and I, you know, I wouldn't be scared to pull him out and hunt him three week, two or three weeks, and and haul him somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. He, like I said, he he was really really nice. I liked him, but there's just something about him. He seemed to always, always seemed to find a way to. Win. I don't remember what it was for sure. I, I think he won nine straight hunts, you know, at one point with him. I mean, he was and he was two years old that time when I had him. He was on fire. Uh, and he he didn't ever really blow nothing out. It just seemed like he was 
just always found a way to win or squeak through right at the end or always said he carried around squirrel in his back pocket he just knew when to tree one you know I, yeah uh, he just i mean that you're exactly right it's like he he toted one with him yep he, he knew when he knew when to click that next gear i mean he's uh, Maddie was the best thing going, I feel like, around his time, squirrel dog-wise. And uh, I drew her three times with him and beat her two out of the three. And, I, you know, I thought it was pretty special with him because, she, you know, she's one of the all-time best. There ain't no doubt about that. But Yeah, she's, he just, you're exactly right on that. She's, she's just – she was a – she was a – again one of those top tier dogs that, and, and you, to get by her two two times out of three you know it's pretty pretty salty there yeah being squirrels i mean he he just he and he didn't ever beat her by much it was always just you know neck and neck but he just he, he had that back to win for sure that's right so after g-man well, who'd you send him to did you send him to greg too greg bought him too <laughs> greg and tim willis bought him too uh I, this was where I was getting off back in with the ruckus. Like I said, I've been through so many. They they run together, but um, he we worked out on a deal between him and ruckus, and uh, I didn't have ruckus for no time. I think I had him for a week and a half. And I, when I sold him, I had my eyes set on Anna, and uh, I, I bugged Russ that Russ Covington to death about her for a long time. And finally, I got something worked out with Russ between Anna and uh, Anna and ruckus. And that's that's when that's when I got Anna. Right. So I didn't I didn't ruckus, but probably a week and a half. He was a nice, real nice young dog at the time. He was I don't even think he was two yet, but he I didn't feel like he was ready to hunt. You know, at the stage that I was wanting to go to at the time. So that's right. And you, so Anna, you had your sights set on her, and that's 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 who you wanted. Yep. Yeah. That's Anna was the one I wanted at the time. After. And so I, I worked something out with Russ and ended up getting her. And I got her late in the year. Um, I think probably late January or something like that. And she ended up winning the well, – I ended up winning the Claude Thomas World with her in KC and then took her to the UKC World and won that with her too that year. Uh, so uh, And a few other, you know, NSD hunts and uh, stuff along that line. I think she might have got Tennessee State Dog Year, NSD several other things you know them were the two bigger ones hmm. so did you what all did you win with anna with anna yeah uh the two two world hunts that year like i said i got her it was in the january or first of february i mean it was there was like a month and a half less competition season it wasn't much um i took her to i, I won some you know nsd hunts with her just regular nsd hunts um let's see Took her to the USDC World. She got fourth in that. She got beat out in the semifinals by Woody. Uh, she won the UKC World and took her to the Claude Thomas World. She won the Claude Thomas World. And uh, I don't think she done no, didn't do no good at the NSD World. But that's that was the you know, few, few short hunts I actually got the hunter in. Because, I mean, by that time, you know, there's a month and a half of season left. Right. So. That's right. So, with that being said, not to, ju- again, skip around, but how many world hunts have you won do you know uh not right off my head i would say five six somewhere around there seven <laughs> that's a good problem to have my man i've won zero <laughs> and you're like man i don't know six seven maybe well, eight. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't make it like that i just I, man i hadn't really just sat down and figured it out but one thing i never did win was a usdc and i, I always wanted to win that I don't. Maybe one day that'll happen. But oh, you'll be back. You know, we always come back. So. Oh yeah. 
Well, we'll see. <laughs> I won't ever say never. That's right. That's right. You uh, you got a dog now, or I mean, anything at the house that you still fool with? No, or? just a dang golden doodle. <laughs> <laughs> old doodle yeah don't uh i ain't gonna say don't bring it but you know man, you may get laughed at at one of those usdc hunts <laughs> absolutely so how'd you uh so after after that after anna you know where'd you go from there i actually uh this is when i got in with fair on gold tooth that that you know that year ended I, I had her for about a month and a half and uh i actually bought into gold tooth with Farron. right and, uh, like a big dummy i kept both of them at the house and that was just it's hard to hunt too and I, I didn't have somebody to handle the opposite one on the weekend you know so on and so forth two good so, ones uh, like that you know right yeah it, and anna's a anna's a really nice dog i, I liked her but gold tooth he was just special you know and at, when i right. got him that I, I knew he was the one that you know i wanted to push and uh, we ended up i get we ended up selling anna and uh, we kept Goldtooth and hunted him uh, throughout the year, that, that next year, I guess, been how that would have went. Hmm. What all did you win with him? Um, I never want to, I don't, I never want to world hunt with Goldtooth. We won, you know, a lot of NSD hunts, a couple of them $500 nine-dog shootouts, a uh, couple of them NSD, you know, $200 shootouts. Uh, I didn't actually keep him the whole year. I ended up selling me and Farron ended up selling him to Michael Booker uh, sometime around halfway through the year. Right. So I, I didn't 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 get a full season on him. Uh, I don't know if it was around you know December, January, some somewhere around that time. But what little time I had him, you know, I, I never got taking him to none of the real big ones, but the smaller ones and the, the shootout hunts and stuff. He done he done really well. That's right. That's exactly right. So Booker got him from you, and then I guess he sold him to. Who would he have sold? Booker, Booker kept him for kept him for a while, and then uh, Travis Tate hunted him there towards the very end of the year. And uh, I, after that, uh, I guess you know the summer went on. I didn't have nothing. Me and Farron had ended up selling, like I said, sold Anna midway probably through that year, around with Gold Tooth too. And uh, this Marty Munn, this is kind of how me and Marty started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hunted a couple of dogs for Booker there towards the end of the year. A dog named Cuz. Uh, right. He was he was he was a real nice young dog, but uh, done done decent with him. And then there, you know, the summer went on. Uh, this is when Marty he had he had made a post looking for somebody to hunt. And Booker, let's see, yeah, Booker owned Goldtooth at this time. And uh, I told Marty, you know, about Goldtooth, and I said, hey, look, you know, if you if you do buy him and still want somebody to hunt for you, you know, I'd be interested because I, I really like the dog. Right. And that, that's, that's how me and Marty got started. He uh, he had chaos at the time, and uh, he bought Goldtooth, and then he, he sent them both up there to me, and that's that's kind of how we got started. So you got Goldtooth back, and how was chaos? She was, chaos was a nice dog. Uh, she was, uh, she was a little quirky. Uh was my biggest thing with her. Uh, you know, Marty or anybody else will tell you the same thing. And I, I think she actually had won a world hunt, couple world hunts younger year. I know Greg won one with her. I think it's the WTDA or something like that. And she was a she was a really nice dog. Uh, just had a few parts here and there that, you know, at the end of the day wasn't good for competition hunting. She could win plenty, and but just had a few parts that would keep her from it a lot of times, you know. And uh, 
So I, I kept them two and hunted for a while, and I hunted her for Jamie Brown. I'd keep Goldtooth and, uh, or no, sorry, Jordan Ryan at first, and uh, hunted both of them, and then they would come hunt her on the weekend. And she, I mean, she did well, you know, while we had her. She was, she was a really nice squirrel dog. I mean, she would tree a lot of, a lot of squirrels that other ones would pass up. She didn't really blow out or nothing, I know, but she tree a lot around you. She just had a few little quirks that would uh, keep you from winning a lot of casts. Right. Well, so you had, so you went back to pushing Goldtooth once you got it, got him from Marty, right? Yep. And then uh, about probably around October of that year, me and Marty been partnered up around two months. Then another one we had an eye on at the time was Outlaw. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. Marty ended up buying him. And so dummy me over here, I had Chaos, Outlaw, and Goldtooth and hunting them all at the same time. How did that work? Let's stop for a minute. How did that work? <laughs> how do you how do you keep three dogs like that legged up? I mean, you had to never. I mean, you had to always be tired. Oh, that was them. And, and the worst thing about it, that same year was the worst, one of the worst years I've ever seen around here for a good squirrel population. And everybody knows how outlaw is, and he he liked to kill me. <laughs> he would flat gut you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I turned him around quick because he was. I mean, it, it's like he was going a mile for he's even looking to get treed. And I said he, he ain't never gonna win a cast like this, you know. And so we we end up getting that fixed. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was rough for a little while. I finally told Mario, I said we're gonna have to send one of these dogs somewhere and give me a little break. I need a break, man. You got to just pick one, whatever one, you know. Well, not... I, I, yeah, I'd uh. I had done good with Goldtooth. I, by that time, I'd had him probably a year and a half, you know, on and off. And uh, I'm the type of way, I, I don't know why, I just, when I hunt one for a year, man, I'm tired of it. I just, I want I want something new, you know, something different. And uh, and Goldtooth was definitely a better dog than Outlaw was at this time. But I said, you know, go ahead and if you want to, find somebody to send him to. And I'll keep Chaos for, was Jamie Brown at the time. I sent her for him. And then I kept Outlaw. And he was... He's a head case at the time. I mean, he, he needed a lot of work, but I just like a challenge. Right. And uh, so that's when Marty had sent, ended up sending Zach Goldtooth. Ah, got you, got you. He had, uh, Zach's done well with him, for sure. He likes Zach, him a lot. <laughs> yeah, Zach, Zach's done great with him. He's, old Goldtooth's been good to a lot of people. Huge, yeah, he has. He, you don't win like that and not be, I mean, it's just not a fluke. You know what I mean? It's not like you get lucky this weekend. I mean, something consistent. And that's what I tell people, you know. I said, you know, that's like that the hound that Tom Smith's hunting, you know. She's in the winter circle. Like her, love her, hate her. You know, she's in those, she wins every weekend somewhere, you know. Yeah, I, I've never got to go with her. I, she come around kind of when I got out of it, but she she's obviously must be really nice. It seems like she's always winning somewhere. That's right. And usually, what's it seems like too. So. Yeah, she's you know she's she's not the typical, you know how I hunted a hound, you know, and and not opposed to it, you know, but you know how the reputation they get, you know, but she's not like that. She's looking to get under a squirrel, you know. Yeah, yeah, it seems like she's very accurate by looking at her scorecards. So, you you're you're pushing uh, outlaw for a little while. Did you win anything good with him? You know, big or just some some just some, you know the, the the pro shootouts and stuff. Yeah, just some of them. We we, we had a pretty good pretty good year with him. Um, so we got some finals, a couple of them ground fours with him, which was a you know pretty big deal. He was, he was getting a good check then, and uh, 
never never won nothing big with him, but he he won you know a lot of NSC hunts and some of them shootout hunts, and uh, just seemed to always be in the mix. Once I got his head straight, I mean he was a he was a work in progress for sure. But, Would he uh, just like to go? He just as soon as you, I mean, it was like he just went, 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 huh? If, if squirrels weren't. I mean, if squirrels weren't down, he would just, he would blow out, huh? He would just go, I don't even know if I first got him, if he even cared if there's a hundred of them sitting there in front of him, he was just going. <laughs> he, I mean, that, that dog was, he had been laid up all summer when I had him, and I, me, Dad went with me the first time we took him, and I think his first three was, and I don't know why we took him to one of the roughest places around here, it was point nine three, and where wow. he's at probably took, point me, it took me a dang hour to get to him, I thought, okay, yeah. You're, we're fixing to have a come to Jesus me because this ain't gonna work around here. So, but he uh, he with a lot of work he really come around. I mean he he's obviously done a lot of winning and uh, oh yeah, a really really nice young dog. But we at the time young we ended up uh, we ended up we had him in chaos and of course Zach had gold tooth and uh, this is when Skeeter had been for sale. She'd been posted for sale all year and uh, it just blew my mind she hadn't been sold. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I don't know what was. I thought, why is this dog not sold? Because I know Greg had blackout, so he didn't have time for her. They had blackout, big, big Jim and Skeeter, so they wanted to sell Big Jim and Skeeter, and Greg was just going to put his blackout. And uh, she, it just went on and on and on. It, it, you know, she hadn't sold. And me and Marty, Marty got together, and I said, you know, maybe the way Tim, Tim likes to hunt, he's a big pleasure hunter. I said, you know, maybe we should try to work something out with him on chaos. And, uh, you know chaos for skeeter and they ended up working a, a you know a deal there and uh, we picked skeeter up at the uh ground floor hunt it was i, I want to say it was late february that year it was the last ground floor of the year skeeter had been to hunt all year they they got her out of the dog box and she was as big as a barrel i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know you could tell she'd been laid up but funny story uh we ended up having an extra entry so uh my dad come along with us and he hunted her and he got her. He got her through the first round, and I got beat without all first round. So I took over after that. And that second cast, I drew. Uh, this is you know I, I hadn't seen or touched Skeeter in a year and a half. Uh, that second cast, I drew Razor and uh, Josh Presley's brother had that red tick female. I can't remember was it Annie, I believe. I think you're right. I think it was Annie, and she was she was not your typical hound. I mean, when she treed, she had a squirrel, and. Uh, so, and I drew Razor, and this is when Mr. Norman Island was hunting, her, or hunting him. And uh, right off the bat, Razor treed two squirrels, just bam, bam. Uh, Skeeter was around him on the first one and treed with him on the second one. And I, I got a piece of the second one. She had 25 plus, and he had 250. And I thought, oh, boy, you know. Yeah. I guess we're fixing to take a long drive back home. And I got her, and uh, after that second tree, I didn't pop. I just kind of drug her off, you know, like thinking, okay, if this dog's smart, she'll get that I don't want her being here. And, man, I, I drug her off that tree, and as they searched her, they were searching, and she just, after that, she clicked. I mean, she ended up going, I think she went five for five after that to herself on every one of them and ended up winning that cast. Oh, B-Dog. That's a dog <laughs> and, uh, with some sense. Yeah, that right there told me, I thought, man, this this dog's got some sense. She knew she, knew she wasn't supposed to be with that dog, and just me, she just, I, dogs can sense you. I don't care what anybody says. You know, they, they they can sense stuff like that. She could tell that I I didn't want her being there. That's and, right. Uh, like like I said, after that she went five for five and barely ended up winning. I think she won by like fifty plus. It come down to the last three and 
she had to have a squirrel to win, and Razor had to not have one, and that's just how it ended up working out. And uh, the the next morning in the finals, I drew uh, Wild Thing. Joey Poston was hunting Wild Thing, and then John Newman was hunting Candy. And uh, everyone knows about them too. You know, they're as oh, good yeah. as they get. Top dogs end. and handlers. Yep, dogs and handlers. And uh, she ended up winning. Skeeter ended up winning the whole hunt. And I mean, Golly. Looked like a million dollars, you know, even the final round. I think she had, uh, I want to say she, I think she had 625 plus the final round. And uh, Wild Thing treat one and Candy treat one. I mean, she one or two. She just looked flat unbeatable. Uh, you knew then. Fat. Oh, yeah, I, I was set. <laughs> <laughs> you was like, hey, I got something right here. I knew she was, she was a little older at the time, too. She was pushing six. She was been. That's she, right would have been going on six that next june and uh the following weekend i said she was still out of shape but she she had heart you know well she was in the she was in the finals of the world hunt the year before right the usbc yeah didn't her and david hillman was hunting yes that's right what because david won third with a demon i think yeah, and, and Razor got second. That's that exactly right, and that's ex- yep. Exactly that's, that's, Razor. that's exactly right. So dang, I didn't realize. I mean, I do now, but I didn't realize that was when you got her. Was right after that. So yeah, shoot, man, and I couldn't believe that. Like you said, I couldn't believe she was stayed out there for sale like that. Um, it, it blew my mind. I mean, she had she had been on the internet for I don't know, man, probably three or four or five months with no interest in her, and. uh it, it was just one of those things I feel like it was meant to be for us. Oh, to that get was her Jesus out. right there, brother. That was Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next weekend, I ended up taking her to Claude Thomas World. And the way that one works is it's three rounds, you know, full elimination. But the first round's two hours. The next two rounds are a one hour cast. And uh, she ended up winning the whole thing the very next weekend. She went, she made seven three, 17 trees that uh, that whole hunt, you know, that day total three rounds and had 14 squirrels. Wow. And she was, I mean, she was on fire. Uh, so you won the Claude Thomas, which is the world, that you that's a world hunt too, right? Yeah, yeah, the very next weekend after after that hunt. Man, that's uh, nuts. So she, you thing, really didn't even have her in shape yet. No, 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 I just... I knew she was out of shape, and I, I hunted her kind of as I seen fit. The where she was having enough energy to get through on the weekends, but yeah, she was she was definitely not nowhere near in shape. You know, I, she had been laid up. Well, I know they had took her and took her on some big kill hunts here and there, but I don't think she had been hunting much at all. You know, during during this time while she's for sale. Um, but the the bad thing was where she was laid up all year. She wasn't qualified for the NSD World that year, and she wasn't qualified for the USDC World. So I, I had to, I had to sit both of those out. I ended up handling outlaw, uh, but I did take her to a pro hunt the day before at the NSD World, and she she won it. Uh, but that was that was all she could do that year, uh, and she she ended up turning six over that summer. Uh, so flash you know flash forward to the next year, um, one one two or three hunts in a row with it right off the bat, um, and the first the first ground floor hunt. I took her to would have been at Mount Orab. It was in November. She had won 12 straight casts counting, you know, since I'd had her, I hadn't lost a cast with her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, she won her first round that made 13 and her semi, she got to the semifinals and, uh, we won't get into this situation, but a long story short, she should have never lost a cast, but it was just a kind of, kind of a screwed up deal. And, uh, she ended up losing, 
losing there, and uh, that was that was our first loss, you know, since I had her. She was she was man, she she's special. She's really special dog. That's right. I, I vaguely remember that that cast there. So uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll keep it there. Um. So after so after that hunt, are you still pushing her pretty good? I mean, because you had her. I mean, she seemed like you kept her longer than than most. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I hunted her the rest of the year and uh, done done really well with her. Uh, she was six year old at the time, and I could tell she was starting to slow down. You know, she didn't she didn't have quite the juice she did in her younger years. Because while I had Goldtooth, it seemed like she was his, you know, enemy. She, I just couldn't get past her. I think I drew Goldtooth with her twice, and uh, she beat me both times. This is when Tony and Michael Michael Collins was hunting her. Right. And. Uh, it would come down to the wire every time, but she just always beat me. I thought, man, you know, I, I just, I always had a special place for her in my heart, I guess. I, but I, I ended up finishing a year with her, yeah, and uh, this this is when Jamie was hunting Outlaw, and he had a good year with him. I, I kept him here and hunted him and um, had a real good year with her. I mean, we, I think we ended up winning around around 30000 or so with her that year, you know, counting side pots and, you know, purse money and all. So she's she she was really good to us. Huge, yeah. I mean, anytime you can pay for yourself and stuff, you know that that's always good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's a uh, she she's really nice. If I would love to have got her at a at a younger age, so, you know, Tony will tell you the same thing. Tony Tony and them done really really well with her while she's younger. But as far as you know, hauled somewhere every weekend. She, I would say she's not been hauled to near as many hunts as most most dogs have. You know, uh, Tony with his work schedule, you know, working UPS, he couldn't get away a whole, whole lot. But uh, what he did put her in while she's younger, she done really, really well in. That's right. And and you're exactly right. I I was fortunate to hunt, to hunt with some of her uh, litter mates and half-brothers and stuff. I really like those. You know, that style of dog. I like, you know, my background coming from coon hunting, I like something that... I want my squirrel dolls to act like a daytime coon dog. I want them to get gone, get by herself, and be looking at something, you know, and uh, do something Or if it's wrong, you know what I mean? I just, you know, you give me a chance when we're out there. Yeah, make something happen. That's right. That's right. Well, and and a, a lot of times we, we hunt these dogs, and, you know, like I do. I mean, crap, man, any dog you can, I mean, I hate to say this, but any dog you can walk under a squirrel, you know, get going and go hunt your own. If I got to walk you under a squirrel or over a squirrel, I ain't really wanting you, you know. I just assume to save my money and feed and, 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 and poach them, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm as picky as it gets when it comes to a dog. I just... But, yeah, I agree with you. That's right. That's right. What uh? So, I guess when you got rid of Skeeter, when y'all when you when y'all was done with her, did you was that it for you or? No, I I hunted the next year, and um, we ended up selling. Uh, that well, I guess I should go back just a little bit there towards the after that competition season during that summer, we ended up buying Razor off of uh, Norman and Jeff. Yeah, Mr. Norman. That's right. So, Yep, so here I was again. So at, at, I had uh, Skeeter, Outlaw, and then Razor at my house all at one time. So I, I was back to, of course, having my hands full because uh, we, we still had Outlaw, you know. And uh, the, the next year, I don't remember, we ended up selling Skeeter. She was she was going on seven at this time. She's getting age, and the dog could still absolutely win any time, you know. It was just 
one of those things where we was looking for something a little younger. So we had, we bought Showgirl that, or Marty had bought Showgirl that summer, and uh, that was what I had planned to hunt the following year. Right. And uh, ended up ended up selling Skeeter to Tommy Carroll and Don Barnett, and uh, so we had uh, we had we had Showgirl and uh, I guess Razor. We, yeah, Showgirl and Razor. We didn't we ended up getting rid of Outlaw too. I think that was when Joey Poston bought him. And uh, Showgirl was, you know, she's bred a lot like Skeeter and uh, reminded me quite a bit like her. Uh, very, very accurate, huge mouth, just had that bow tree style, you know, and uh, ended up, we uh, we ended up with Big Jim, too, there towards the first of the year, and she come in heat, and uh, somehow, <laughs> everybody knows how Big Jim is, but now Ooh. somehow he, yeah, he, uh, he climbed over one fence. I had him two pins apart. Climbed over one one of them and then chewed his way through the other one and ended up getting showgirl bread. Wow. Um, I was I was actually at work and Dad had just happened to go down to the garage and they was in there together so we didn't know but you know we just <laughs> we just got a figure day. She's uh, yeah. she's ready so uh wow. I mean all bull aside I mean I know you wasn't wanting to get on bread but that you know he's not a bad cross. <laughs> oh no no it wasn't but it it kind of. It really shot my year. I mean, it was, uh, she was just starting to get back where I wanted her. And uh, so I, we, we knew it was coming, you know. Uh, so when she ended up having pups, we uh, we bought a dog named uh, Crook off of Brian Hartram. That's and, right. And uh, really, really nice squirrel dog. Had more, you know, everybody talks about Big Jim having crazy foot speed, but there is, I'm not being in the woods with one yet that can move like that dog could. Um yeah, Big Jim. I, <laughs> I talked to Steve Osmus one time. I think he come to the Mississippi State hunt or something, and that thing, he cut that dog loose, and he just blew out and was treed under a squirrel three miles down the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can believe it. Uh, he was, when he was right, though, when Big Jim was right, he was one of the best I've ever seen unsnapped. I mean, when his head was on and when everything was going right, he was as good as I've ever seen. But I always said he had a screw missing up there, you know. Yeah, and he, he'd, he'd like just, he'd jar it loose or something, and he'd just yeah, he he'd just, do something. He just couldn't, yeah, he just couldn't ever hold it together well, for what seemed like a whole hunt. But that dog, when his when everything was lined up and right, he was, I mean, he could look unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've always liked it. I liked his looks, uh yeah, I, I really did. You know, Cody Pritchard had him for a little bit, and he was uh, he really liked him. Yeah, that's who we got him from, was Cody. That's right. So we, you know, of course he's a full litter mate to Blackout, and that's everybody right. knows Blackout yep. how she oh. is. Yeah, that, the one of the best. That's all you can say. She's one of the better dogs that's ever been, honestly. Yep, yep. They was, you know, of course they was both out of Anna. Anna's a top-notch reproducer for sure. She sure is. Lord have mercy. She can flat. I mean, you know, all these dogs. That's that's what you that's what you get when you you know you look up reproducer. I mean, she was bred to to uh, Woody, correct? Woody. She's bred to Hummer, Hummer Tank, Tank, and then Woody and um. Well, she Fastest. I think she's bred Rocky. Oh yeah, Rocky. That's back. right. That's exactly right. Cause uh, Tyler's got one of them little uh, a puppy that I mean, I think the little things tree and squirrels already. You know. Yep. Um, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, I think she's bred the Rocky last. That's right. So you look at that. I mean, that's four different stud dogs that, I mean, have notable winning pups, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's she's one of them that's special all around. I mean, there ain't many that 
is good at it all, and she was she was a a good coon dog, uh, a good squirrel dog, and a probably even better reproducer than anything. I mean, to me, she reproduced better than what she was. So that's that's pretty special when you, when you got it all like that. I think you're exactly right with that. You know, she is just a uh, all around top end dog. You know, so when you got done with, I guess uh, where were we at? Who was we at? Uh, we were at Big Jim and Crook. So um, yeah, we, we you, ended up buying. Marty ended up buying Crook, yep. Right. And then where'd you go after Crook? How'd he do? Uh, we, he done pretty good. Uh, like I said, that, that kind of was a shot in the heart, I guess, whenever that happened to Showgirl. You know, it, we was, we had, we went through several dogs through that year and, uh, looking for something and just tried a few and nothing ever really worked out. And that, that's where we ended up with Crook. Um, and, you know, everybody talks about, like I said, Big Jim's foot speed, but that, that dog, Crook can move. We ended up calling him maxed out is what we ended up calling him. But um, that dog had more foot speed than anything I've ever seen still to this day. Owned, hunted, anything. I mean, that dog could flat move. Mm. He uh, he just didn't have the he didn't have the mouth to, to back it up. You know, he uh, honestly up close, if you heard him, you'd say he's a house dog barking. Really? But it, 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 it was a weird pitch to where it would carry a lot farther than what you'd ever think. Um but he just he didn't have a real real big mouth. But what was what is he out accurate, of? What was he out of? Or is he out of? And where did he? He's get? out of uh, he's out of Hummer and uh, Bobby Taylor's Shadow. Shadow. Family. Of course, Shadow. everybody knows everybody knows about her. You know that was a that was a real big time cross right there itself. Uh, last I'd heard, uh, Mike Wolf owns uh, Max. That's the same guy that had bought Cuz off from me. You yeah. know probably or four years before that i don't know if he's still there now or i'm honestly not sure gotcha 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 so after after maxed out where did who where'd you go after that would you pick up uh i finished the year out with him and uh had a, had a decent year with him and then after that that was uh that following summer that's when i ended up getting married and i thought man I, i've been running up down these roads for probably the last real serious the last five or six years but probably 10 years total and i just i thought well you know i hate to be gone somewhere every weekend like this again I, i'm just gonna take a little break and it, it was hard to do man i i thought about it for months and it it, it was a very hard decision to make because hunting was like a, a second job to me you know it's all all i'd known but uh i decided to take you know take a break for a little while and uh really pursue fishing so well you did right. I mean, you get married, you got to put your wife first and foremost. You know, that's what I'll tell anybody because for so long I did not. And, you know, that's why I'm such a an advocate for, for my faith in the Lord because had it not been for him, you know, somebody else be married to my wife because I wasn't a good dude. I, I wanted to be I was selfish, man. I like to call it selfish because I thought that I had to be where the the in crowd was if it was you know raising bucking bulls i wanted to be at a fraternity with the pbr guys or either you know like these dogs these coon hunts i wanted to be you know where the you know i just wanted to be gone anywhere but home you know but uh so i'm I, you know big ups to you for uh for for that for sure you know keeping your wife first because at the end of the day brother we all know that that's you know if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy absolutely yeah I'm blessed with the one I got. I mean, she, uh, I kind of drug her into it, you know, ever, ever since we had been together nearly, I guess, seven years before we got married, but she had put up with my hunting like that, being gone every weekend. Uh, you know, it, it 
she wants to do what's going to make me happy. And if that was still hunting like that, you know, she supported me in it and wanted me to do it. But I just, I thought the best thing to do was probably, probably not do that. She still supports me in fishing and everything else. So I'm lucky to have a good one there for sure. Man, ain't no doubt about it. I mean, like you said, you know, one that'll support you and stand by you, you know, that means a lot, bro, because... You know, when you're gone, somebody's there at the house taking care of the things that, you know, Lindsay right now, you know, I don't travel a lot with work anymore, but, you know, if, if I need to be out of town overnight, you know, she feeds, the, she feeds my dogs or, you know, her and Payson, you know, they keep up the, they keep the farm going, you know what I mean? They keep everything, uh, you know, she's a big, I mean, like I said, without her, I wouldn't have crap, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's nice to have somebody support you like that for sure. It's, uh you got to have it because I'm the type of person when I when I do something, I, I want to go every little second or minute I can and do my best. So I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> – I'm excessive when I do it. You know, when I do something, I do it. It's just trying to be the best I can at it. So you got to have a good support system behind you for sure to try to do, do stuff like this or fishing or whatever, you know. That's right. That's right. Well – I know that uh so this this leads up to your hiatus from the from the squirrel competitions and stuff uh and I talked to Samuel a couple of days ago and he said that y'all had spoke and y'all you'd mentioned something about going turning a coon dog loose one night with him so I I feel like you'll probably get around to doing that at some point but uh what uh so here's your this is where because he had mentioned he's like you know because when i you know when we were just shooting junk on the phone he said you know that you had always fished and stuff and really was good at it you know he said that i mean he, he even mentioned you know basketball you know you being good at basketball and stuff anything you've done you tried to win and i mean and, and that's why you should be so uh yeah, so let's talk about man. Let's 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 talk about how you got involved in this fishing stuff. Cause I mean, you're at a level. This ain't just. I mean, I see you, you know, on Facebook and stuff, and you're 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 fishing at a, at a you know, at a. I mean, I hate to call them the big dogs, but you one of the big dogs. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I I got started fishing when I was a kid. Uh, I was actually fishing before I was squirrel hunting. Uh, my dad's always fished and. Uh, he he took me a lot as I was a little kid, you know. I, ever since I can big enough to walk, I, I can remember fishing with him. So I I got him to think to, you know, get me started in that. And kind of the way I always did it when I was hunting dogs, you know, through, uh, we'll say, you know, I would start back hunting in August, September a little bit, but hunt started in October. So October then to March, you know, I was at hunts every weekend, and then. From March to end of September, I was fishing tournaments every weekend. You know, that that's kind of how i done it, you know, during while I was hunting dogs. But the thing was, you know, you, you can't do both. I mean, I wish I could, but I can't because these bigger tournaments, I, they're, they're fixing to start up, the bigger ones. You know, they, they'll start in less than a month. So you, if you try to do one, you can't really do the other because um, they, they conflict too much, you know. So. Now I just you know I feel like if you're going to be good at something you got to put all your time in it and just just go with it. I miss hunting, but uh, I want to see where this takes me. So I'm with you, brother. I mean, if you're doing good and it seems like you're always in the in the winter circle getting checks and stuff. Do you? So how does that work? Do you? I mean, obviously, do you have a partner that fishes with you? That is the same partner, or do you draw a partner when you get to a tournament? How does that work? Well, in these these like kind of smaller local pot tournaments around here you have a partner you, you pick your partner you know it's like it's a buddy tournament is what you call it and uh, they ain't you know they ain't real big money or nothing but now these these bigger ones that you know i'll be fishing here really soon 
you have your boaters and then you have your co-anglers. Your boaters, which is what I do, has their own boat, all that stuff, and you compete against the other boaters. And then you draw a random co-angler. I mean, it could be anybody. It just depends who you get with. And they fish from the back of the boat against the other co-anglers. Really? So, so they're, they're, their entry fees are a lot less, of course, because, I mean, you know, the boaters are the ones that supplies the boat and goes down there and spends time practicing and so on and so forth. But your your catch and your co-anglers, mean, you know, they're nothing. They're not, they're not nothing to each other. You don't combine your fish. I keep my best five, and he keeps his best five. And I compete against the other boaters, and he competes against the other co-anglers. This is in your bigger tournaments, you know. So kind of how that works. So how how does he? Uh, so you don't like you said you don't know any of these guys, you know, for the most part, unless you've you know, I guess over time you'll see the same guys around co-anglers, but for the most yeah part. yeah it it's a lot different than of course these hunts. You know these hunts you got to select a few people and you kind of you get to know and everybody, but these these tournaments man it's people all over the world. So you you know you got guys you know and are good friends with, but it's. You rarely draw anybody. You have a clue who they are, you know. It, but <laughs> it's yeah, you you just get somebody random, and uh, but everybody's about like hunting, you know. I mean, everybody's good down to earth people, and it works out. So I mean, do they bring their own rods and stuff? Yeah, yeah, they bring their own rods. A co-angler normally tries to not bring as much stuff, you know, on another guy's boat. They'll bring usually four to five, six rods, and then like a tackle bag, and you know that that's pretty much it. Because you'll or have 10 or 12 rods up there on your deck, won't you? At, at least, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Man, they, they can't. Well, they don't have as much room and stuff like that as you do either, do they? Right. No, they can't. They can't never leave the back of the boat far fishing. Like, they can't come up there and fish to the front with me, and I can't go to the back with them. You know, if one of us had to go back and forth to land a fish or something, you know, that's completely different. But as far as that goes, you know, I stay on the front, and he stays on the back. And the boater makes all decisions about where you go and you know so forth the co-angler's kind of just along for a ride and hope he gets a good draw with somebody that's on fish and you know knows what they're doing right and y'all can't i mean if he like i guess he couldn't i mean do you have is there somebody in the boat we also no uh not in these if something happens where there's a for some reason a calling or don't show up usually they'll send uh somebody with you you know but or, you know, usually that don't happen. But, yeah, they're, they're, you'll always have a co-angler. Well, look, they, they draw it up They draw it up to where there's an even amount of boaters and an even amount of co-anglers. That way that don't happen. But if you have an accident where something, somebody don't show or something, they, they'll usually try to find somebody sitting with you, which I've not had happen yet, fortunately. But Huh. What about, like, so, you know, that major league fishing that I watch on TV, you know, there's a, there's a judge and then it's you up front, you know, and you're, he's weighing the, you know, I know that you got, like, if the fish drops into the bottom of your boat, like, you get a penalty or something, don't you, or something? Right, yeah, and that, that, that's what I'm fishing right now is major league fishing. Um, I'm fishing the BFLs and the Toyotas. Them guys are kind of like, they're pro, you know, they're a, they're a step ahead. And, yeah, they got them rules where, you know, they got a, you know, like, I guess hunt term, you call it a judge, but they're considered like scorekeepers, whatever, and them. And uh, their format's a lot different. Um, but yeah, they can't hit the carpet and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, they can't throw one over the side of the gunnel. They got to lay it in. I mean, there's, they got a bunch of different little rules as far as that goes. But when you get to the pro level, even if it, if it's, you know, BASS or MLF, whatever, you'll, you'll have a, what they call that is a marshal, just somebody that rides along with you and pretty sure, you know, pretty much watches you. 
know. Right. So. Which is where I hope to be one day. Yeah, that's what I, that was my next question. So is that your goal, huh, to, to be, you know, right there, you know, going around? Because, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're in that le- in that league, I mean, you'll be getting a truck on Tuesday or Wednesday and, and drive over or either maybe, yeah, Tuesday and fish the day before or a couple of days. I don't know if there's any rules against that, but I know you'll have to fish like the weekend before and stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually on them bigger tournaments, you know, for a, a BFL or something, I usually try to get a couple of day practice at least. But like these Toyotas, kind of the step below the pros pretty much. This is how you get to be get to that next level you know i'll try to practice four or five days at least um before them if i can so i guess when you say practice i mean in my eyes you're throwing a fishing you, you got a fishing pole and you're throwing it but when you're practicing what are you what are you working on like um finding fish is that how it works is that is that what you're trying to do find fish and yeah i guess yeah mostly like, find them yeah kind of like we we you know we scout for deer you know you're you're scouting for fish i guess right a, a lot lot like that really except you've got you know <laughs> two or three hundred two or three hundred more boats out there that might be finding the same one so you've got to find right you got to be finding finding a lot of stuff but yeah i mean even like practice you know well if i get on a little you know say i find a pattern or something i'll cut my hooks off or bend my hooks or something and that way when they start biting it you know i ain't hooking them i'm just going around finding areas i get more bites in and uh a lot of lot of lot of practice is really idling and graphing looking for fish, you know, more than even fishing. I'd have never ever thought about cutting your hook or bend you know, just so you don't man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't Oh yeah, they Man. There's a lot into it. I mean it I could go on and on and on. Well you about don't want to catch them and then they lie with them. I mean, I don't know the, the statistics on if you catch a five pound bass right here, what's the chance of him biting that that lure tomorrow, you know? Right, yeah, and the, he may not even be there again, but I always look at it as I'd rather just take my chances, you know. Absolutely, because so, you're there to win. You want to, you, you don't go to to just finish in the top 20. You want to go and finish number one. Right, yeah, it's just like, you know, how it is as far as hunting a dog, getting one different hunt. You want every advantage you can get, and you're always, you're practicing like you're playing, you know. You're you're trying your hardest to, you know, get 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 yourself every advantage you can, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but. Well, what do you, so, you know, how do you determine, like, so the Toyotas and the, the stuff that you're doing right now, what are, how do you, I guess, graduate to the, to the, what is the top, what is the pros called? The, the pros, is that what you call them? Yeah, yeah, you can call them pros. It's the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals now and then the BBT Tour, at, you know, for MLF and then BASS, they're called the Elite Series, but. So how in do you get to, to that? Yeah, how do you get to that level? You gotta finish the top five of the Angler Year point standards, and you'll get an invite. Which is, I mean, it's a lot easier. You know, it don't sound that bad, but it's a it's a lot easier said than done. You know, you're talking about finishing the top five of three, you know, two or three, four hundred of some of the best fishermen in the country. You know, that that's over the top five in points, just kind of like a squirrel dog in a year. You know, top five in points after you know the year's over. To, to get an invite for that and th- this is the first year i've actually i fished one toyota series last year right here local and done really good in it but this is the first year i've fished all the, the all the toyotas you know they're they're pretty expensive to get in and uh but this is the only way to make it you know make it big time so because then you're you know once you get to that level do you if you just say you top five 
angler of the year, then you get an invite to come fish, right? Right. Yeah, you'll get an invite. All right. So does that keep you, does that invite, does that keep you on tour all year, or is that just for, like, one tournament, or how does that work? Well, I'm not a hundred. Yeah, yeah, you'll get you'll stay there for a year for sure. I think it's kind of, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe they take like the certain percentage every two or three years, and uh, like you can fall out of it if you're not doing good. You know, like out of the pros, right? They that's what take I a percentage in and kick a percentage out, pretty much. I'm pretty sure how that works. Like going back to the minors or something in baseball. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of similar. Yeah. Huh. So I'm just wondering, like. So you get your, you know, you get your invite and, you know, you're going, because dude, I think that, I mean, when you get to that level, you're, you got to go, you know, I guess. Yeah, it, you get to that level and it's a, I mean, it's a big life decision, you know, you're going to go for it or not, because you're talking, I think the, the tournament entries at that point are 5,000 a piece and there's at least six tournaments. So, you know, you're looking at what, 30, 35 grand just 30, in entries. Yeah. That's not counting. That's not counting, you know, your travel and your food, and that—that's kind of where you get. You gotta have sponsors. Which is that's—I've walked up and got several out this year. That's—that's that's really gonna help, you know. So that was my person. yeah. That I mean, you can shout those guys out if you want to, but um, so how does that work? Do you just go around and try to get them, or do they come to you? I, I, I was just curious because, dude, I'm just—I'm just thinking that you know. You know, I, I'm familiar with boats and stuff uh, because, I mean, I, you know, I'm country and I like to fish and stuff around the reservoir. And, but anyway, you know, I, I see that, you, you know, you used to, you know, be in Phoenix boats, right? Uh, I used to run a Falcon. Falcon, year, Falcon, I'm Falcon, Falcon. Yeah. And then what are you running yep. now? I'm running a Phoenix now. That's right. Uh, That's right. I, used, I used to get a really good deal on a Falcon. Uh, had a buddy, a real good buddy that... Uh, own you know that that was a falcon dealer and i, I could get in one of them every year at cost which is big you know you oh could, yeah you, you could keep it for a year and you know sell it and still pretty much get your money back and that, that's huge in a boat because it's like a car or anything as soon as you take it off the lot you've lost money Oof, you ain't telling you know? me nothing uh, but i actually switched to a phoenix this year because they uh they they give out contingency money they sponsor major league fishing ah so pretty much what I mean by that, you know, if you win a BFL and you're running a Phoenix, you get an extra seventy five hundred. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, if you win a Toyota series uh tournament and you're running a Phoenix, you get an extra thirty five thousand. Wait a minute now. So yep. So do you drive a Toyota truck? No, I don't drive a Toyota truck, but they do have contingencies too. <laughs> I bet. It, 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 it it's not nothing like, like what Phoenix does. You know, Phoenix is major league fishing main sponsor, but you know, it's one of those deals where uh, I, I lucked up and got a good deal on a Falcon and, you know, with some other guys now. But uh, it's one of those deals where if you're going to fish like how I'm planning on fishing, you're kind of crazy not to run a Phoenix because if you luck up, say you luck up and win a Toyota series and you get an extra thirty five grand for running a Phoenix, you know, it just, you're kind of crazy not to. Well, that pays, your, that pays your entry fees for the six tournaments, you know? Right, yep, if, if you make it to the next, yep, next level. That's right, so... so so that's so you yeah I mean you get these sponsors and stuff all uh, which is I mean that's man unless you're just filthy rich or own your own business that you're very successful um you can't hardly afford to go just the the average Joe couldn't do it you know no no you gotta you gotta have help like you said unless you're just you're you're filthy rich and uh, or you know something along those lines you you you've about gotta have some help and I. I've been really fortunate to have uh, 
I, I'm looking around 10 to 12 sponsors this year. I'm, I'm trying to get it all together now. I've been very lucky to have uh, all those, but two or three come to me, and the other two or three was really good buddies, and I asked, you know, and just really blessed that everything's come together like it has. I hope it's going to be a good year. But you're right. You've got to, you've got to have help doing this stuff. I mean, it's just, just a way of the game, you know. Well, I mean – fuel prices and stuff i mean that's got to be a you know one of the and and look i mean i know you know but the you know we got 60 or 70 something thousand listeners not every one of them i know that i mean just your your rod and reel combo is not the you know you don't go to walmart and pick it up off the top shelf for 150 dollars you know your no, stuff you're, you're looking, <laughs> yeah you're, you're looking yeah you're looking at on average of them I, you know Anywhere from five to six fifty a rod and reel combo, you that's know, right. for more top. And you can spend a lot more than that, you know. That, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm very fortunate to. I'm, my brother-in-law owns a bait company, a bait and tackle shop over here, and uh, I kind of help them promote. And they give me rods and reels and baits and stuff at cost, and that that really helps, you know. Ain't so, no doubt about it. But yeah, it, it, it this stuff, I mean, man, it's like anything. It's just everything's crazy expensive anymore. Gas, you know, last year, last year when gas got so high, it is just, you know, you pump, you spend a hundred, hundred, hundred fifty a day just fishing because these these big motors and stuff they eat the gas. Oh, ain't know? no doubt. Yeah, we uh, so it, you'll you know, Mike, the owner of my company now. This is a lot bigger than what you're doing, but you know, I just seeing the fuel. I mean, he's he's big into those, so. He's got a 78-foot Viking. It's like a three-bedroom, two-full bath. It's a, you know, it's in Orange Beach down there. He fishes with, like, those Marlin tournaments with Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you that's know, big time there. <laughs> yeah, so we went, you know, I get to take my customers, you know, fishing, you know, and I think it was, man, we had six or seven of us on there. And um, anyway, we pull in to, uh, to the, you know, to get fuel after the after we fished that day and, you know, my owners, his name's Jimmy Doyle, and he was like, all right, you know, Jeremy, my brother-in-law, he's our, he's my boss. But anyway, he goes, uh, Jeremy, you got this tank of fuel. You know, we only used a half a tank. And he was like, all right, you know, just picking and playing. It's like $5,600 to fill up half of it, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got twin 1,500 horsepower cat diesels on it, you know, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, you do this, you go every single weekend. And he goes to the Bahamas and you know, does those marlin tournaments and stuff, and I mean, I'm like, geez, Louise, I mean, you're thinking, you're you're talking, I mean, if you run it real hard, I mean, you spend $10,000 in two days. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's big, big money stuff there. That's <laughs> right, sure. that's right, but, you know, just saying that, I mean, you're seeing the, like you said, $150, you know, every time you, you put your boat in the water, you know, because... You know, obviously you're trying to find fish and you're going to run your boat and, you know, it's just, I get it, man. It's uh, it's very expensive. So sounds like you, you know, you're in the, on the right path to get, you know, with your sponsors and stuff. So I hope that, you know, I do, I hope you get, I ain't lying. I hope it's one of those deals where pacing my little boy's like, daddy, look at here. And I see your name on TV Saturday morning. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, daddy, talk to that fellow the other day, you know. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. But, um, well, shoot, man. We've been at it an hour and ten minutes. What uh, you got anything else you want to talk about before we, you know, get off? You know, if you want to, you know, you can give all your shout outs to people that you can thank. You know, in the dog industry and the fishing, dude. This is a, like I said, we got seventy something thousand listeners. So yeah, uh, far as dog goes, you know, 
like thank my dad. You know, he hauled me around everywhere as a kid, uh, pretty much every weekend. You know, I I couldn't have done it without him hauling my little butt around everywhere. And then you know, uh, Brian Looney, uh, Donnie Gill, Baron Butler. Uh, gosh, I'm sure I remember you, and for sure Marty Buns. I mean, just the people that's partnered with me and helped me out. You know, some of my buddies down here at home that I hunt with for years. It just it all it's all gonna to come together to work, you know, and I appreciate all the help I've had over the years, you know, on, on that end of things for sure. Right. Well that's good, man. Well we like I said, uh you know, I I am looking forward to uh watching you do big things in the fishing and stuff. So like I said, if you wanted to shout out your guys for that, that'd be you know, you can if not, that's cool too. And uh but anyway, well man, if you if you if you ain't got no more, I guess we go call it a day. Yeah, I believe that's it. Yeah, uh, you know, thanks to all them too. I ain't, I ain't got all that together yet, so I hate to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, not go through, but for all the people that is helping me, you absolutely. Know, for sure. Yeah, shoot you, and man. Thank you, thank you guys too. You know, I enjoy listening to these and hoping to continue to do them. I, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. And we're going. Like I said, I'll get this and done, and it'll be coming out Tuesday. But uh, well, shoot, man. Like I said, we uh, I hope to see you back uh in the competition world one day maybe you know see you down the road or something get together and we shoot the junk again well that sounds good man hey i appreciate it all right brother be careful all right you too see you, yeah but that was mr isaac peavy house one of the you know i called him young guns back in the day uh man he had done some winning lord he is you know him and samuel green and you know them lawson and preston they, you know, the young guys of the sport, they have, uh, they've all done some winning and stuff. So I've got Samuel, I've got Isaac. I'm hopefully, hopefully I can get, you know, the, uh, let's see, I hate to call them little, um, Preston and old P-Man and, and, and Lawson on here one day. If they'll do it, I asked Tommy and he said that they kicking it around. So maybe they'll do it. And, you know, there's some more, you know, Ellie Perkins, you know, I'd like to get her on cause she's, you know, she competes and uh or, or did you know before she she's going off to college and stuff to uh play on a volleyball uh scholarship so she may be she may be professional volleyball player by the time i get her on i'm friends with her mom and dad so uh and then you know the cutter shriver i've hunted with him and he's such a good dude well respectful great kid so uh Maybe I can uh, get him on at some point, you know, with their parents' consent. So, but anyway, the, we appreciate you, at, at, at all you guys, for listening to us here at the uh, Hunting Dog Public. And until next time, we hope you all enjoy it. Thank you.